0: Name, more lovely than the wonderful name of Jesus. Proverbs chapter number 6 tonight. Proverbs chapter number 6. And we're going to jump back in where we left off last week. And we read a bunch of verses from uh, the uh, scriptures about work. and Six days shalt thou labor and six days shall thy work be done and so forth like that. And we're going to jump right back in where we left off. There in verse number 6, 7 and 8 and verses that follow. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the book of Proverbs. So much practical wisdom here. May we take it to heart and uh, may we live it. And I pray for all of us, Lord, that we seek your wisdom daily. And I pray, Lord, that our young people in particular, Lord, this is the young man's book. And that's good. Wisdom is timeless, good for every age, but particularly, Lord, is time when uh, of life, when you make decisions that affect the rest of your life and how important it is to seek wisdom early on. And so may these things we teach uh, sink deep in the minds and hearts of all of us, especially our young people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number six, go to the ant, thou sluggard. A Sluggard is a lazy man, right? Consider her ways. And be wise. So God said this. He said, watch that ant. Watch that ant. You done that lately? He said, yeah, there's red ones with the little pincers. I watched them especially. And he said, watch them. He said, stop and watch them. He said, what, what's that? what does he mean by that? He means stop and watch them. Stop. Well, look at them. Look at them. Watch them. And, um, and think about it. What do you see? What do you see when you look at them? Well, verse seven says, "If you watch them, you'll find out something. They don't. They don't need a, a guide. They don't need a guide." Verse number seven. These ants, he said. Now, watch them. Watch them. Think about what they're doing. And uh, notice something. They don't. They don't need a guide. You know what? Ant doesn't need. An ant doesn't need anybody to hold his hand. Uh, ant you don't have to answer a million excuses from an ant you don't have to stay with him to keep him from getting discouraged. You just turn him loose and he does his job that's what that an ant does now watch him. you go to Aunt colony you don't you'll never have you'll never find grief counseling you'll you'll never find a time out room uh you know you know ants uh ants are not snowflakes they're workers amen they're workers. And they don't, they don't need a guy. They they don't need they don't need. <laughs> come on,
1: now. come
0: on. Okay, all right. Okay, you can do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ants don't need that. Hey, there's a job to do. It's an important job. So let's get it done. Amen. That's what the head does. You, you can watch an ant colony and figure that out. It, they don't need an overseer. They don't need an overseer. The ants don't need anybody looking over their shoulder. You don't have to follow behind an ant. He carries his weight in more. I think it's... I don't know if we have any uh, science teachers in here. I think it's like ten times. I think an ant can carry like ten times his weight. And... Uh, so he, he doesn't need a guide. He doesn't need anybody to hold his hand. He doesn't need an overseer. He don't have to have somebody looking over his shoulder all the time. Did you do your job? Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Pick it up. Pick it up. Come on. He do not have to have that. And he doesn't need a ruler. He doesn't need a ruler. That's not talking about a yardstick now. That's talking about somebody to rule over him. In other words, he doesn't he didn't have to have anybody to discipline. Hey, get back to work. He doesn't have to have a ruler. You don't have to force him to work. You don't have to pat him on the back to get him to work. You don't have to make weather accommodations for him. He doesn't collect benefits when he bends his antenna. He doesn't get time off for a broken pincer or a failed stinger. I thought that was funnier than the other one. I took time to write this in my outline. You better laugh when I think it's funny. He takes no vacations. Uh, Thank you. All right, never mind. He's not a part of a collective collective bargaining group. He just does his job in the rain and the cold. He says, "That's what ant does. He doesn't have to have a ruler." Amen? Amen. He don't have to have somebody looking over his shoulder, somebody hold his hands, somebody say, "Hey, you get to work." He doesn't have to do that. Watch that ant. He just look. Look at him. Just boom, boom. Just keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Look what else he said. Verse eight I provided her meat. She works for her food. She works for her food. You know the Bible said. The Bible said, "If you won't work, you shouldn't eat." I didn't say that God said that. Do you know how much money we'd save in our nation if we follow that one biblical principle? You say, what will happen? Well, either A, some folks would starve to death, or B, they would get motivated to work. It's amazing how denying yourself food will motivate you. It's quite a motivator. Some of you, you know, many of you, many, of you, many, many of you have uh, experienced it, go fasting and so forth like that. And it's just amazing how creative your mind gets when you want to eat something amazing. And uh, things you never thought of before. Anyway, so, so the Bible said, watch, watch that ant. She works for her food, uh, 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 she prepares for her future. She gathereth her food. In the harvest, she prepares for, she plans ahead. She doesn't eat it all at one time. Uh, she, she's not a couch potato. She, uh, she's a worker and she lays up. She prepares for the future. And the Bible said, if you don't provide for your own house, you are worse than an infidel. You're worse than an unbeliever if you don't provide for your house. That's what the Bible said. And um and he said, We commanded you, said Thessalonians three ten, that if, if any would not work, neither should he each. Watch that ant. Now I'll tell you something about that ant. Watch that ant. His work is monotonous. Same thing. Bang 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 bang, 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 bang. Same thing, same thing, same thing. Uh it's, it's strenuous, it's mundane, all day, every day doing the same job. Now, you know what, some jobs are glamorous, you know. Some jobs are glamorous. But you know what a lot of life, the work we do in life, it's just the same old, same old every day, and it has to be done. It has to be done. Uh, I, I've quoted this to you before. I read this in a book a couple years ago. Uh, a French philosopher said this, All work is pain. Maturity is learning to endure the pain of work. Gainful employment can be painful in many ways. Physical exertion. Enduring heat and cold, mental stress, or the most painful of all, boring work. Work that offers no personal satisfaction, repetitive work, monotonous, mentally numbing, dumb work. It is worse than a headache. So, an immature, selfish man will forfeit his dignity and idle himself before he will endure the pain of boring work. It feels good to dream and imagine oneself to be above the menial labor of the masses, to be destined to great success through some invention or brilliant idea come to fruition. But a man with a family has a duty that must be fulfilled regardless of his personal satisfaction. Hope of future achievement cannot take the place of today's dignity and duty. So dream. While you dream, work. <laughs> Amen? And uh, God has something to say about laziness. Let, let me give you a little uh, Bible study here. Uh, turn to Proverbs 26. Let me tell you some things about this slugger. The, Bible, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about this crowd. Proverbs 26. And by the way, the workforce is diminished dramatically in our country. It's been going down for, for qu- uh, quite a few years and dramatically over the last two years. People don't want to work. Don't want to work. Uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 26, verse 12. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. The slothful man saith, There's a lion in the way. <gasps> a lion is in the streets. <gasps> As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom; it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. It used to be a, on the strip down there in the uh, uh, Pigeon Forge, and uh, uh, you know shop I one two three all the all, all the you know, tourist stuff, Pigeon Forge. And it used to be a sign down there. I don't know if it's still alive. Or not, it said, uh, "See live bear, see the live bear." I mean, we went and saw the live bear, at Pigeon Forge. All right, somebody validate my story now. See the live bear. Okay, thank you. And this this bear was like grotesquely big. (laughs) And you go in there, you pay 25 cents, and you get some bread or whatever it was, and you feed the bear. Except the bear had people coming all day, every day (laughs) feeding it. And I remember one time I got a piece of bread or a handful of what, uh, and, and I tossed it into the bread, the, 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 the bread or what it was to the bear and it landed like 18 inches from his paw. And he just looked at it. I mean, he, he's cocked back, huge, and he kind of flopped his hand over, sort of drug it over. I was like, that's the sorriest. You turn that thing out in the wild. I don't care how big it is. It wouldn't last a week. Of course, it had enough to sleep about three winters in a row without waking up in the summertime. But it was a pathetic thing. I always think about hiding this hand in his bosom. I think about that bear. It was pathetic. Anyway, but uh no effort whatsoever. Uh Verse 16, the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. Let me give you some thought. Number one, the lazy man doesn't think he's lazy. He doesn't think he's lazy. Um, seven men, wise men, because, look, man, you need to, and he's, oh, no, 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 he's got all his reasons why. He's smarter than seven wise men. And the problem is he thinks he's smart, but the truth is he's lazy. Do you ever have somebody that could just could just talk you to death about how to do something and never lift their finger to do it? just love people like that. One thing I love about Jerome Davidson, he, he built this building for us, one thing I loved about him, he was no nonsense. How many of you knew Jerome? You knew Jerome? He was no nonsense. I love to talk to him on the phone. We could have a very amiable 30-second conversation without getting offended. We didn't have to have niceties. We didn't have to. It's like, boom, take care of business, and that was that. And, and and he and he was great with people. He could handle uh, 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 tense moments. He just knew he just knew how to, to deal with people. And uh, and I and I I, I I I think about him. And uh, that man worked and worked and worked and gave his life to build this building. And uh, he had no patience whatsoever with time wasters. None whatsoever. And he was kind, but if you tried to waste his time, you were going to come up on the short end of the stick. You couldn't do it. He had a job to do, and uh, and he's going to get it done. Uh, I I remember, uh, you've all heard somebody say, don't work too hard. Have you heard somebody say that? Don't work too hard. Um, I remember in the summertime, in college days and early married life, I'd get me an extra job in the summertime. And I remember going to a... uh, uh, I think it was called Carolina Freightways. I had a full-time freight job. And and I'd get an extra job because I have class. I'd get an extra job in the summertime. And I remember working there a, a couple of days, and a guy walked to me and said, Hey, man, we work by the hour around here. So, <laughs> so, in other words, slow down. You're making us look bad. Now, God spared me from that kind of person. I don't, I I don't want nothing to do with that N- whatsoever. Uh, we, um, one of those second jobs one summer, um, they went on strike. It was, a, it was a union shop, and they went on strike. And uh, and uh, so I showed up to work. There. you know, I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to get through life, and I'm trying to pay school bills and run ministry, bus ministry and stuff like that. I I know about that. I didn't keep up with nothing. And so I show up to go to work, and they're all lined up there outside the fence. They said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm going to work." They said, "Man, we're striking, don't you?" I said, "Look, I'm a college student." You guys are whatever you do. You do what you do. I'm going to work. See you later. And walked right past them. I didn't know that was dangerous, but I did. <laughs> and I was like one of two or three guys on a whole dock that night. And, uh, and you know what happened? They shut, the, they shut the the business, went belly up. Now, you know, I, and some of you in unions, so I'm not picking on anybody. I think there was a time in our country where it was necessary. But where Where... Uh, it, it, it served a good purpose at one time, but I think that was a long, long time ago. Teachers' unions, among other things, have almost destroyed any semblance of sense in our education system, and the teachers' unions is a big, big part of the problem. So, uh, when, when I, the last uh, uh, freight job that I had was Consolidated Freightways <clears throat> before I came here, and uh, Monday morning was slow. And my, my shift was six o'clock, two o'clock, two 20 minute coffee breaks. I loved it. It's eight hours, boom, in and out. It's great. And, uh, thanks to the union. Uh, anyway, but, uh, six to two, and, and so, but Monday morning before the trucks really started coming it was very little freight. And so this guy's making, you know, this is back in the, you know, 19, early 1990s, making 18, 20, 25 dollars an hour. Then, you know, it's a pretty good wage. And, uh, and they were pushing brooms. And, you know, staying around, hanging out, smoking cigarettes in the bathroom. I'm like, what? So I could I couldn't do that. And, uh, and I had, uh, uh, I was what they called a casual. So I didn't, I didn't have guaranteed hours. And, uh, so I had to make sure I, you know, was the guy they were going to call, make sure I could get my hours in. So I just went out one day in front of the building and, you know, everybody's leaning on a broom or something, smoking in the, in the bathroom. I went out and started cleaning the cigarette butts all over the entrance of this terminal. No, I just went out with a broom, cleaned it all up, cleaned up the steps, all that. And I'm going around working. And the terminal manager comes around. He said, who cleaned up in front of the building? Somebody said this. Is I said, yeah, I did that. He goes, why don't you just do that full time? I said, okay. They, they gave me the union wage, full time, full time hours with benefits to clean the buildings. You know why? Because I didn't lean on a broom. I don't care what job you work. I don't care where you work. I promise you there's something that needs to be swept or wiped. (laughs) Just stay busy. Stay busy. Find something to do and and, and get it done. Uh, Look look at chapter 12. Go back to chapter 12 for a minute. Proverbs chapter 12. And uh, uh, he says this, verse number 27. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting. You know, the lazy person is characterized by unfinished tasks. The lazy guy, he loves to start things and not finish them. <laughs> unfinished tasks. Let's get off of that because all of a sudden the honeydew list just came to mind. Let's move on to the next thing. All right. But look at what he said there. He said, uh, but, uh, the, uh, uh, I lost it. Well, Oh the substance of the diligent man is precious. The substance of you know lazy people are wasteful people too. Wasteful people. If you're a hard worker you're going to be conscientious because you worked for something you take care of it more don't you? There's a lot of waste when you don't earn something. Uh this guy doesn't roast what he took in hunting. Uh cleaning the meats too much work. Somebody told me early on when I started hunting, and I kind of sort of hunt, really. I'm not a hunter much. But anyway, somebody told me, said, the fun ends when you pull the trigger. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. There's work after that. And uh, But anyway, he, he says, he says look, finish what you start. If you start something, finish it. Don't, don't leave it half done. I, I, a son-in-law and his family uh, have a roofing business, a fourth generation in a roofing business. And he used a term one time when he was talking a year or two ago. He said something about the storm chasers. I said, what's a storm chaser? And it's interesting. He said this. He said, uh, he lives outside of Akron, Ohio, and, you know, big, a lot of population up there. But he said when a storm comes through, like it's coming through, coming up to, uh, through Florida just now, he said when a storm hits some area of the country, these uh, big uh, roofing companies, corporations, will go into a community, and they'll find a business that's been in business for years, and they'll, by the name of that business. So here's, you know, Harry and Sons Roofing Business that's been in business for 40 years in this community. They'll go give Harry a million dollars for the name of his business. And they'll come under the name of Harry and Sons, which everybody recognizes, and they'll go in and these several hundred homes have been torn up by. They'll, they'll get all that work. They'll slap roof on it and leave town. So six months later, when it starts leaking, guess what? You do, do do you get a disconnected number. They don't finish the job. They don't finish the job. And uh, you know what? We ought to be able to stand behind our work. Amen? Uh look at verse, uh, uh uh verse number 24. Same chapter. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under rule tribute. All right. So the lazy person is the kind of person that always needs a boss. The lazy person always needs a boss. And I said it a couple of times. i said it one more time. Uh, we as God's people ought to have a good testimony of being the hardest working folks on the job. Amen. Where we can be left alone. Nobody has to look over our shoulder. They know it's going to be done and it's going to be done right. And uh, if the hand of the diligent, uh, bear rule, and you say, well, I don't know why they'll make me the boss. Maybe you ought to read the first half of this verse. Maybe the diligent part you need to work on. Amen? <laughs> uh, look at chapter 20. Go back to chapter number 20, and uh, look at uh, verse number 4. We read a very similar verse like this a minute ago. So the lazy person, he doesn't think he's lazy. He leaves unfinished tasks. He always needs a boss, and he makes excuses. The sluggard, verse 4, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. It's too cold. It's too cold. Proverbs twenty thirteen. the slothful man said, There is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. It's too dangerous. <laughs> What's the problem? It's not weather. It is not risk. It's laziness. Um, let me say this. The lazy person wastes others' time and money. Not only do they not appreciate what they have, they waste. If you if you are a waster, you waste other people's time. I mean, listen, people that are diligent and scheduled and work hard typically do not waste your time. They don't waste your time. Why? They got stuff going themselves. <laughs> now I'm not speaking against fellowship. Thank God for church, and I love we get a chance to be around God's people in fellowship. But can I tell you something? If you're going to get much done with your life. You're going to have to learn to avoid time wasters. Time wasters will steal from you. The most precious thing you have is time. And uh, that's why we spend astronomical amounts of money on health care because we want what? We want more time, right? Man, the amount of money that's spent in people's lives the last three, four, five, six months or year of their life Unbelievable amounts of money are spent. Why? We want more time. So uh, a, a wise Christian will not be unkind, but will also guard against time wasters. The lazy person can never appreciate things like someone who works for what he has. They'll waste others' times because they don't realize the importance of using time wisely. Ecclesiastes 18. 18 By much slothfulness, the building decayeth. Lazy man won't take care of his own house. Look at uh, chapter, uh, 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 look look at verse 9 and 10. Go back to chapter 6. Chapter 6 here and uh, look at verse 9 and 10. We'll give you one more thought about this. Verse 9 and 10. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? We all understand that, don't we? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. And thy want as an armed man, thy, thy want or thy lack as an armed man a traveleth. We used well, to be politically correct, we say homeless. We used to call them tramps. Is that all right? Everybody breathe in, breathe out. Everybody Okay. It's called trams. And an armed man, I think he's talking about a talking about a a a, a a a criminal. Uh so so he said this. He said, How long are you gonna sleep? Wake up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Young people, let me say this. Young men especially, you gotta learn to yourself to get up. Uh, look, get out of bed. Don't sleep your life away. Live by schedule, put your life on paper, live by that plan, and that's the way to live a productive life. Figure out how much rest you need and get the rest you need. And then, do you know You know, people who sleep too much are tired all the time? Sleeping too much will make you tired. Uh, so in verse number 11, the word want there means lack. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want or thy lack as an armed man. So basically, if you sleep all the time, you're either going to be you'll wind up being a criminal or or a tramp. (laughs) Now, 10 and 11, now notice this, verse 10 and 11, are separated by a colon there. After the word sleep, you see that's not a period. So these verses we time together. So the guy that says, oh, just a little more sleep, a little more sleep, a little, you know, don't bother me, he rolls over in the bed, turns on the hinges like the best, I'll say elsewhere. He's the one that becomes impoverished as one that traveleth and I want as an armed man. Now maybe maybe he's saying this that little bit of extra sleep is stealing from you and will impoverish you. That little bit of extra sleep has stolen many a sweet hour of prayer. Hasn't it? It's stolen many a Bible time. I'm sure it's stolen lots of job opportunities as well. It's stolen a number of beautiful sunrises. I know it's stolen some Sunday school hours for some folks, and I'm not going to mention any names right now, but anyway. Probably, not not, uh, going off to college, I had to get out of bed and get to class, it's probably stolen a semester's tuition more than a few times. The point is this, a lazy man will wind up in a bad place so sooner or later, look listen. Can I say this? Everybody has self discipline. Just not everybody chooses to use it. <laughs> you can make yourself get up when you want to. People say, Well, I that church is so cold, it's so hard hot, and those benches are so hard, and the chairs, the padding on my chair is deflated. Now, you tell me how that crowd that can't get comfortable at church can go sit on a concrete slab of a step that's nothing more than a concrete slab for 600 miles with booze sloshing everywhere and roaring screaming engines that blister your eardrums. And sit there for five hours and do this right here. And you, and, and it's too cold for you at the, at, the, at the house of God? Well, that's my only day to rest. That was an amazing thing. That was your only day to rest. Until they said you could hunt on Sunday. It's amazing how early people get up in the morning. Okay, let's, let's move on. Verse 12, a naughty person. A wicked man walketh with a froward mouth. Now we use the word naughty a little differently. Probably, the word naught is a Bible word n a u g h t, and it means nothing. You'll find later the man that uh, gets a good deal on something and and uh, and uh, he, he says it, it's not. It's not worth anything. Not, naught n a u g h t. So so the word means naughty means worthless. All right means worthless. All right. So a worthless person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. Here's what we say, the word naughty, this is the way we say it. He's no count. That's the way we'd say it. He's no count. He's worthless. And froward means to distort or twist the truth. God is saying in verse 12, a man that won't be honest and won't work hard and won't tell the truth is worthless. May I ask you a question? Who burned our cities down over the last two years? Was it construction workers who were on the job at 6.30 a.m. every morning? Was it the night shift factory workers who started at 7 p.m. and got off at 7 a.m.? Were they burning our cities down the last two years? Was it the doctors and nurses running 12, 14, 16, 18 hours, sometimes 24 hour shifts? Was it? No, it wasn't. Who was it? It was lazy, crooked, shiftless people who had nothing else better to do than travel around on buses and burn cities down. Verse 13, he's describing these worthless people. They have no discipline. They won't get out of bed. Uh, they're 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 worthless, wicked, twisted. He winketh with his eye, verse thirteen. He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teacheth with his fingers. He's talking about body language. Look. Look, I don't care if you're white, green, black, purple, brown, or chartreuse. If you're a man, you should walk masculine like you have a reason to be on planet Earth and like you're going somewhere. If you are a lady, you should walk feminine like a lady. And look, if I can walk like a queer, then the queer can walk like a man. I can do it. And. (laughs) Stop it. I can do that. I can work it. So. So. Can I tell you something? What you do with your hands is important. Right, All right, I'll talk, talk to the young man just a minute. Got that off of a music video. Watching some wannabe criminal who thinks he can sing. This worthless man, the Bible says, is anything but straightforward. Every gesture, every movement, every cut of the eyes has some underlying meaning. Let me tell you something. I told I told this. I made this comment to my wife. I made it many times over the years, and hopefully you will take it to heart and understand what I'm trying to say. You notice a young person, you notice a young person, and I'll say, sweetheart, that young person, they have a fresh face. You understand what I mean by that? A fresh face. There's an innocence, there's a pleasantness, they're not, they're not whiny, they're not sullen, they're not, They're just genuine, pleasant, a fresh face. May I say this? So Hear this, this crowd. They, they wink with their eyes. They speak with their feet. They teach with their fingers. Can I say something here? Godly people are not suggestive. Godly people are not suggestive. They don't drop innuendos or have little private jokes or hand signs or that demean others. They don't. No. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews that our God to all, to Him all things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. God sees all and knows all, and He wants us to live our lives. In that open manner with no uh, hidden agendas, no double talk, no, you know, uh, and then turn your head. (laughs) You got two worlds going on. You got two worlds going on. You got the face you present, and then. And a lot of people got three going on. The one they present, then with this crowd, we're all in with that. And then with this crowd, we're all in that. and that. And, you know, can I tell you something? God knows it's inside and out. You know, isn't it refreshing when you meet somebody who's just genuine and kind, genuinely kind, Open and honest and wholesome, and you're not worried about, you know, where's this conversation going? You know, God's people, we ought to be different than the world. It has been decades since the depiction of a family. On network television, or produced in Hollywood, was anything close to what a family ought to look like. It's been decades. Probably not since. We have devotions with Andy every night, and uh, that era is gone for decades. Dad's a buffoon now. I, I have not watched network television. I can't remember. It's been decades since I watched it. But, but now, it's just perverted. It's just, just, just sick and perverted. We don't even need to go in that sewer, do we? It's disgusting. Godly people don't have jokes laced with double meanings. The way you and I talk and walk and stand, and look at people, and make eye contact, or fail to make eye contact, the way we cross our arms, what we do with our hands, what comes out of our mouth, it all says something about who we are, and what kind of person we are. Verse number 14. Frowardness is in his heart. The word forwardness means perverseness. And probably the most common word we would use today would be twisted. That guy's twisted. Frowardness is in his heart. This guy with his double meaning conversations, his little innuendos, the way he cuts his eyes, the little, little little body language signals that he sends, the suggestive things, the little slights that he throws out there, the little almost dirty words and little almost dirty things that he says. The Bible said his heart is twisted. He deviseth. Mischief continually. Mischief is harm to another. He's always thinking of a way to get a jab in at somebody. He soweth discord. He's casting forth seeds all the time, trying to trying to sniff out some disharmony, some tension or something. You let, me, let me listen. Let me, let, me, let me say something. You listen to me. and You listen to me well right now. If you have a hint... That there is discord between people. You are evil if you go to sniff it out. I said you are evil if you go to sniff it out. You know, let me tell you something. It's a shame when you can't have a conversation without fishing. And I'm not. I'm not talking about something delightful and wonderful. You, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. But fishing, I think I, I think I smell a little tension between Dave and his wife. Isn't that what y'all told me? That I'm sorry. Uh, and, and what's even more twisted is to go under the pretense of caring. Verse fifteen, verse fourteen. He that soweth discord, all that, all that, all that body language, innuendos, little jabs, dropping little words, trying to little drop little gossip morsels, hoping somebody will bite and you'll get a little bit more suggestive word glances words, glances, trying to pit people against each other, damaging someone's reputation, trying to stir something up, trying to split up a married couple, trying to split up friends, turning somebody against their parents, somebody against their teacher, their principal, their boss, their pastor, their Sunday school teacher, cutting someone else down to size, cutting someone else's ministry down to size. God says, get your twisted heart right. That's what he said. He said, there's there's frowardness in your heart. This look, a uh, man asked me the other day, said, who, who oversees, like you're an independent Baptist, who oversees? I'm, I'm an independent Baptist. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm independent Baptist by conviction. I'm not saying that there are not good people in denominations. I'm saying by conviction I'm an independent Baptist. Why? Because in the Bible there's office of pastor, deacon, and members are in the Bible. There's no there's no hierarchy above that. And so I think that uh, Christ is the head of the church. I believe the ecclesia is called our assembly. I believe in the church at Smyrna, the church at Laodicea, the church at Jerusalem, the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, this idea that all believers belong to this invisible church that is a Catholic doctrine, it's not a Bible doctrine. And you read your Bible commentators and you read Matthew or, uh, Matthew 18 and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, if you have an issue, you go to the person. If that doesn't work, you take it here and then you take it before the church and, uh, and, and you read the commentators and it says discipline in the future church. How do you discipline in a future church? That doesn't even make sense. You no, know, the church was in existence when that was written. I believe the Bible said Jesus called his disciples apart. I think that's my personal opinion. That's when the church started. Now, the church was empowered in Acts chapter number 2. But I believe every local church answers to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church and the church is building ground of truth. Listen, all that to say this. Why do I need to know what's going on at somebody else's ministry? Well, it's important you need to know. Why? Well. Brother, you let, let me tell you something. I have a responsibility and it humbles me. It humbles me. I, according to Hebrews 13, I must give account. But guess what? I don't have to give account for Brother Dan Suttles at Liberty Baptist Church in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And I don't have to give an account. Or my good friend in Green Arkansas, and Pastor Baptist Church, Brother Danny Allen, and I don't have to give an account for Pastor John Wilkerson, First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, and I don't have to give an account for Beulah Baptist Church, and and uh, Brother Neil, I don't, and I'm glad I don't. And I'm telling you something: it is not healthy for you to keep up. With the Baptist gossip, or the Presbyterian gossip, or the Lutheran gossip, or any other gossip, you you listen. You, if you wanted to, you could ruin your mind in one afternoon, to where you would never want to go back to church again, any church. I'll I'll say I'll quit with this. I got more to say, but I'm gonna quit after I say this. (laughs) I want to testify right now. I thank God that that man right there on the front row did not spoil me from having godly heroes. He did not spoil me from loving and appreciating imperfect servants of God, which we all are. He did not delve into their differences. He did not read the, the gossip Sites and pages, and uh, by God's grace, I have intentionally for these years said, we're not bringing that here. We're not going to do that. We're not. Now, I'm not above being tempted. I like gossip too. I love my flesh. Loves gossip. In fact, now <laughs> my flesh like everybody else's. I get curious. But what a wonderful thing. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a wonderful day in your life. A wonderful day in your life is when you get to do this. Someone says, well, of course you know about. And you can say, no, I don't. don't." Huh? Well, you know, know, I have no idea. Really? And when someone you love realizes that you didn't listen to the gossip. Guess what you just did? You just proved yourself a true friend. Shall we stand?